Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condori and Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit camlawyers.com. Mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. It is time to go blitzing. We'll be talking Caps hockey with Charlie Lindgren in just a moment. But quickly, let's mow through a couple of the other teams you care about in town. We will start on the gridiron. A couple of NFL stories worth discussing out of the shoot here, Danny. Number one, Jim Irsay was found unresponsive. In December, according to a report. Wow. This was a scary story we saw today. The Colts owner struggling to breathe after being transported to the hospital by paramedics last month. TMZ was on this report sorting Indiana police documents. Ursay found lying in bed cold to the touch when emergency personnel reached him on the morning of December 8th. Uh, frightening story. You hope he gets whatever help is needed. Lest we forget, he was one of the heroes in ousting Dan Snyder. The the first person to speak on the record about it. It's usually, you know, you're in the good old boys club. Nobody says peep. And he stood there and called reporters over and said, I got something to get off my chest. And, and that was the first, I'd say, major domino to fall. Ron Rivera spoke for the first time since being fired today to John Keim of ESPN. Says he still wants to coach in the NFL. Says he wished he wouldn't have put so much pressure on Sam Howell. Sounds like he regrets some of the eggs in that basket also said that he was willing to take a step back if need be this year to try to get another coaching job down the line. That's a requirement, probably. If uh, if he wants to coach again, I would imagine he might get uh, knocked down a peg or two in terms of ranking. And lastly, Jason Kelsey on his podcast with his brother said he was not ready to talk about his future. A report is out there that he told teammates he expects to retire. Sounds like he wants to do it on his terms, which... He should be. I understand, yeah. Hall of Famer, man. One of the best to ever do it at that position. What he was still, what he was able to do at such a high level for that long at that kind of a position, we shouldn't take it for granted. That is a great player. Let's talk hoops. Wizards idle this evening. Last time out was their big 28-point beatdown of the Hawks, and then they played the Pistons and unfortunately lost by 12 Mm. to Detroit on Monday night. 
Tomorrow, 7.30 tip with the Knicks. There was a big NBA trade today. There was. Pascal Siakam, a guy that I've long admired and loved from Toronto, is on his way to Indiana. Uh, Darius and I were talking about this during a couple of commercial breaks, and you were talking too, in fairness. Everybody was talking. Just people talking, people helping people. Long and short, uh, he's going there for three first-rounders going to Indiana. They are overpaying for a guy that can help him make a difference this year. Let's talk some hockey and welcome on to the show, top goaltender in D.C. Caps coming off of a shutout win and to break the game and their season down. We are joined now by goaltender Charlie Lindgren. Charlie, thanks for the time on G&D. How are you? Hey, I'm doing awesome. Thanks a lot for having me on. Great win last night. I was in the barn and you guys get the shutout with Kemper in net, 24 saves. Is that one of those games when you're playing the Ducks, they're having a hard time getting the puck to the net and Kemper was really good. He needed it. But where you go, darn, I wish that was my turn. Would have been nice. Would have been nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think uh, for any goalie, I mean, they they always want to be in the net. Um, but certainly uh, as a friend and um, teammate, I was very happy for Darcy last night. I thought he played, like you said, a really, really sound, really good game. Uh, and I thought the team played really well, too. I thought we uh, I thought we definitely could have scored more than more than one. Um, not counting that empty net. I thought uh, Gibson for Anaheim uh, played pretty well. Um, so, but yeah, it was, you know, those are, those are tough games too, because you're coming off kind of an emotional weekend against the Rangers where it's back to back and, you know, just a lot of, uh, emotion and, uh, a lot of hype to those games. And then, you know, playing at home against Anaheim, uh, you know, as you guys know, it's no storm and, and all that. Um, but for us to come out and get, you know, get a big win, that was, that was awesome to see. You're playing really well. You could tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it feels to me like this is the best you've played your whole career, man. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's always a process, and and I think you know I've certainly grown a lot. Um, you know, I, I've learned a lot throughout my career. Uh, you know, certainly it's been a it's been an upward trajectory for me. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready to play in the NHL at 22, 23 years old. I still had a lot to learn, and um, thankfully, I've had a lot of good coaches. Uh, around me i've had a great support system with family and friends and uh just in a really good headspace and uh certainly still uh you know i'm 30 years old but i I got a massive desire to learn still and and i still believe i can keep on getting better but yeah i think from a physical mental standpoint i mean this is for sure the best i felt i have a ton of confidence in, in my game and i have a lot of confidence in the in the guys around me in this organization and uh, you know, when all those things are kind of uh, hitting on the right levels, you know, I think it it, it only is going to produce a, a good outcome. Charlie Lindgren has become the A goaltender for the Capitals, played in back-to-back games, including a dynamite performance on Sunday, even though the team loss was maybe one of their best games of the season between the pipes. You heard him say he's 30, former undrafted player. He's an American from Minnesota. He's had an awesome season, a 2.2 goals against average on the year for him. The Caps got shutout number three on the season uh, last evening. When you're locked in like you are right now, does it, seem different like almost a, a batter in the box where the ball's a little bigger or you know it's kind of a silly question but like does the puck slow down what's that groove feel like because it's, it seems like you've been in one this year yeah I think the puck slows down I think the play slows down uh certainly when you're just kind of starting out in the league you know there's a lot of nerves and you're you know you're just um I feel like you're more relying on just natural ability where now I got 
just a lot of experience to lean on. Um, and for me, you know, I've been saying it all year. I mean, all the, what I'm feeling in the game and how I'm playing, it, it all starts in practice for me. It's, it starts with good habits. And um, I, I think, you know, what you do in practice sets you up for the games. And, and I think it's, I, I had a great summer of, of training, you know, last year, um, I've been up and down my whole career, uh, professional career up until Washington where I was up and down. And, um, you know, last year, you know, I felt like I had just kind of gotten my foot in the door. And then, you know, I, I went into last summer with a mindset where I, I wanted to blow the door down and, um, you know, and I had a great summer of training, a great training camp. You know, I have a really good relationship here with Scotty Murray and, and obviously Darcy Kemper and, um, yeah, just been putting in a lot of really good work in practice and just feeling really good about just my structure. And um, I just feel really good about the way I'm playing. So, uh, you know, just got to, again, there's there's no room for complacency in this league. And I, and I definitely know that. And I'm constantly, I got just, like I said earlier, I got a huge thirst of, uh, of wanting to be the best that I can be. And, um, you know, certainly just going to keep on growing. Charlie, I don't know if you're a, a baseball fan or have a baseball background at all, but I, I always think of this. In Major League Baseball, a guy like for a while can't hit a fastball inside, so that's what pitchers do. That's how they attack him until he starts hitting it. Then they attack him a different way. How do you feel like uh, uh, you know opposing skaters, guys trying to score on you, are attacking you right now, and how has that maybe kind of changed over the course of the year? Well, I'm sure, and it's it kind of is the same for a lot of goaltenders. And, you know, if you want to score in this league, I think – you know, opposing teams, they, they have to get in your eyes and they have to get on top of the crease. And, uh, you know, if, if you're able to take away the goalie's eyes, it, it makes it harder to, you know, obviously harder to see the puck and save the puck. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of opposing coaches and, and players are probably preaching that right now is where you got to, you know, I'm sure they're trying to come to the net and take away my eyes and, and just try to make it difficult for me. Um, but I think, you know, like I said, it probably goes the same for, you know, that's just how you have to score. A lot of the goalies at this level are, you know, obviously extremely talented. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a constant battle and, you know, every game is different. Every team, every opposing team plays a, a different style, a different brand of hockey. Some teams will, you know, throw the kitchen sink in terms of shot volume or they'll try to throw 40, you know, 40 high thirties shot on net where some teams are maybe more possession based where, you know, they end kind of in the low, low to mid twenties where they're kind of looking for the right opportunity, opportunity to shoot instead of uh, just throwing every puck at the net. So every, every team is different, but I'm sure there's probably a lot of preaching about trying to take away my eyes. I would imagine. And that's kind of what I'm feeling and seeing. Charlie Lindgren, 929 save percentage on the season, 911 for his career, joining us here on Grant and Danny. You got the stash going. You've had it going all year long. I feel like when I see the stash, you're really Chuck Lindgren. Like, Charlie Lindgren is just, you know, that's the guy I knew who's a goalie. But when I see you kind of mask off with the stash, now you're Chuck. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, it does make sense, and I appreciate it. I totally understand what you're saying. Is the stash like what percentage of it is ironic and funny, and what percentage of it is like this is an awesome look and I really like it? Boy, I would say um, I'd say probably ten percent um, kind of ironic and funny, and then I'd say ninety percent um, where I, I like the look. And I think, uh, <laughs> as I tell everyone, you know, I think uh, 
I just think I kind of let go with the stash, and that's that's kind of why I've been uh, wearing it, so to speak, the last couple of years here. I think this is my my third full year rocking the stash full time, and uh, it all kind of started with uh, went to a Midland concert at the Minnesota State Fair, you know, two and a half years back, and the lead singer at the time. Uh, he had the mustache, so I I went full mustache for uh, the concert, and then training camp was shortly after that in St. Louis, and I just you know decided to keep it, and so just like the look, I like the mustache, I like the sideburns, and you know even it's funny you go and look at the old pictures of hockey players, especially in like the '80s. Uh, you know you see a lot of the mustaches and all that, and I just think it's a I just think it's a cooler and better look personally. Is there anybody in your life that hates it? Yeah, unfortunately, my wife. Yep. So <laughs> that's where I was going. Yeah, three that, years. That, that, that's that's the unfortunate part about yep. it, where it's a, kind of a battle with her. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think she she appreciates it. I think she just likes to give me a hard time. Do you ever want to go like full tombstone? You know what I mean? Like like eight, eight like a you know cowboy western style lawman with that like wide mustache where like you put the wax on it and it really like almost goes past your face. You know what? It would be a little bit. Uh, I think that would be a little too far for me personally, but I do appreciate that look, hundred percent. I like the old cowboy outlaw look, definitely. Do you go so in terms of grooming it? Because like, mustaches are, I like them, but there's a fine line between like when they turn gross when stuff starts to get in it. Do you cut yeah. them like when it comes over the lip, or you know, like with scissors? Like, what is your maintenance? Yeah, so I, um, it's a constant. Uh, you know, at least uh, I have to shave, you know, the, the beard, um, for sure. Every two days at the most, I can't, you know, I don't like having the, the beard go longer than two days. So I kind of like to keep it tight on the sides. And then in terms of the mustache itself, when I feel it coming down over that top lip, I'll, uh, throw the, uh, the razor at it and just trim it up a little bit. Um, and then in terms of where it comes over on the side of the mouth, uh, I like to just kind of keep it just under kind of that bottom lip, let it hang just under the bottom lip a little bit. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, and you can ask my wife this, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast things, you know, whether it's snot or food, you know, it, there's constantly things getting in it and can definitely get a little gross. And there's times where, especially when I have a cold where I'm like, Oh, kind of, when I'm blowing my nose, I can just feel the snot all over my mustache. I'm mm. like, all right, it's kind of sucks. But, <laughs> um, you know, those are just things you got to battle. Just quick idea. Charlie Lingard is with us. Uh, the nickname for the mustache is The Beast. Just throwing that out there. Maybe that's an idea uh, that could go on. Uh, it could have its own social media account. Yeah, right? Follow, follow it at The Beast. Uh, who was your favorite goaltender growing up in Minnesota? So my, my favorite goalie growing up at the first one I really took a liking to was Nikolai Hobby Bulin, who was down in Tampa, mm. um, won a cup with them, the Bulin Wall. So he was kind of the first guy I remember really liking. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, when I actually started playing goalie, I really liked Cam Lord in Carolina. Um, I think a lot of it had to go, you know, had to do with his style of play. And uh, even the way he, you know, he had the iceberg graphics early on and that's, what I wear now. And so, um, he was kind of my, my favorite, favorite goalie, I guess, uh, growing up. 
Our guest is Charlie Lindgren of the Capitals. You guys are right on the bubble. Seems like everybody in the East is jumbled together within a few points at this point in terms of the postseason. Is the goal to kind of get in and see what happens or loftier than that? Like, What's your mindset now that you've seen a good chunk of this season play out and what you're working with in the division? Yeah, I mean, I think the way I approach it is it's it's really just a day-by-day battle. It's a game-by-game approach. Um, But certainly, I think once, you know, everyone on this team, I'm speaking for everyone, you know, I think we believe we get in, um, we can compete with anyone. And and I think that's that's kind of the goal. Uh, And obviously, as everyone knows, our division is extremely competitive. A lot of really, really good hockey teams in our division. Um, and it's a, it's a tight race and it's going to come down to the wire. And we, you know, we know the expectations that we have for ourselves and, and that's to be a playoff hockey team. And so, uh, obviously getting into the second half here, we got to, you know, make sure we're stringing together a, a good amount of wins and, uh, feeling good about our game. I think, um, you know, last year we, we made a really good push in December to kind of get us in that, that race. And then, you know, the wheels kind of fell off. Uh, in January and February where, you know, I think there's a different belief in the, in the team this year. I think we, we truly, we, we have a team that I think we all believe that we can compete and beat anybody. Um, so, you know, it's just going out and improving it. I think, uh, again, I'm a big believer in making sure you're, you know, practicing good habits. And I think uh, carbs does a great job of putting together a really good practice plan for us and, um, and then once we get into the game, I think, you know, at that point you just go out and play because, you know, your structure and the process is there. So, yeah, I think uh, just got to keep on keep on rolling. Charlie, I've been to Minneapolis, and I ate a Juicy Lucy, and then I ate like seven more in the weekend I was there. A, yep. were you out on the Juicy Lucy? But B, why are they not ubiquitous across the United States of America? It's incredible. Yeah, the Juicy Lucy is Honestly, like you were saying, I mean, it's it's an incredible uh, burger. Um, we, my family, we, we grew up in Lakeville, Minnesota, and then my, my parents grew up in South Minneapolis. So in 2013, 2012, my family moved back to, my parents moved back to South Minneapolis. And so there's a, a restaurant called the 5-8 Club, which was, you know, probably half a mile from my parents' house. So we, we spent a lot of time going there. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's a, it's a very comforting, very good meal. And I don't know why it, it hasn't, uh, caught fire across the country because I think, uh, a lot of people, like you're saying, I think a lot of people would jump on that bandwagon. You gotta be a big mighty ducks fan. I'd imagine as a hockey player from Minnesota as a kid, right? I mean, who was your favorite duck? My, my hottest take on the mighty ducks is that Charlie Conway was whiny and a bad leader. That doesn't always go over well. <laughs> You know what's so funny is, uh, so I've seen the Mighty Ducks, but I think I've only seen it like once, That's and, and it was a, a long time ago. Um, and I'm just, I'm not a huge. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of movies, but um, you know, I remember watching the Mighty Ducks when I was younger, and, and I was a was a big fan, but uh, I, I couldn't single out any specific character okay i was gonna go through the lines with you and talk about you know who struggled on which shifts but, but you gave the right answer there charlie <laughs> we'll avoid that all right before we let you go we always do this uh when we get uh, players from the local teams on kind of some superlative some uh rapid fire questions here you about your teammates you ready yeah all right best and worst hair on the team 
best hair I would say is Sonny Milano, um, which I think everyone would probably say that. And then worst hair, um, boy, I don't even know. All right, uh, best and worst. Team. Yeah. How about best and worst dresser on the team? Best and worst dresser on the team. Um, I'll say best dresser is. Uh, I guess I might have to say Sonny Milano. Let's just go. Because wow. Sonny. Best dresser, just because he's so unique in the way he dresses. I think it's awesome. Uh, worst dresser, uh, I'll probably have to name either myself or since Kemper has became a dad, he's totally gone full-fledged into the whole dad style. So I'll, I'll say maybe the, both of the goaltenders. You had to pick one guy, like fate of the world type stuff, right? You got to pick one guy to win an eating contest. Who do you pick? Nick Dowd. Nick Dowd puts uh, an impressive amount of food down. Um, it, you guys would be absolutely amazed. One of your teammates has to do a 10-minute stand-up set and get some laughs. Who's it going to be? Johnny Carlson. And I say that because um, I just everything he says, I just find it to be hilarious. And he's just a, yeah, he's a hilarious guy. Last one, and they can't have kids, right? I think that's a key. Uh, who, which of the guys on the team that don't have kids, who would you let babysit for you if you had to call one of them? Well, I don't have kids either, um, so I'll I'll switch the question to dog sit, um, and I'll I'll say uh, I'll say Cubell. Just Cubell is a very caring guy. I like it. All right, very good. Charlie Lindgren, ladies and gentlemen, has become the top goalie for the Caps this season, playing his butt off. We appreciate the time. Stay hot and get a couple of points against your former mates with the Blues coming up. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you buddy. That was Charlie Lindgren, your number one goaltender for your Washington Capitals. Five minutes from now on Grant and Danny. Are the commanders making a mistake by not interviewing people for their head coaching position with more experience? We'll break that down next. That's necessarily a riskier approach for a couple different reasons. If you're Atlanta and you've already spent, you know, this is the first year that Atlanta had really put a lot of cash into their roster over the last couple of seasons after tearing it down. There is some urgency there for Atlanta to win right away. And I understand looking at Bill Belichick and saying, this is our best chance to win 10 games in the division next year. If you're Washington, I understand taking it a little bit slower than that. You're going to be drafting a quarterback most likely with the second overall pick. You still have a roster that has a lot of holes. It's a, bl- it's a blank slate in a good way. You've got a ton of different resources, but this team still has a little ways to go. You know, they're two or three years away from competing, and I think the biggest thing that you have to prioritize if you're Washington is the development and the ecosystem built around your young quarterback. And if you look at the job that Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel have done over the last couple of years, that's not necessarily where I would turn. I think those are guys that are better options for teams that have 2024 playoff aspirations, and justifiably so. With Washington, I can understand wanting to go a little bit younger and understanding that your runway to this thing is a little bit longer than it is for some other teams. Robert Mays of The Athletic earlier today right here on Grant and Danny. Welcome back. You're locked into the fan. Big thanks 
to Charlie Lindgren of the Washington Capitals for stopping by. He was awesome. I wanted to remind you guys that you can buy tickets right now to our big event that's coming up on February 2nd. This is 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 at Bethesda Theater. This is an 8 p.m. event on February 2nd. All your favorite D.C. sports radio hosts from both stations are going to hit the stage together for a night of sports debate and laughs and behind-the-scenes stories. Uh, 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live. Friday, February 2nd, 8 p.m. at Bethesda Theater. So, the Junkies will be there. B. Mitch and Finley, me and Danny, all the fellas are going to be hanging out. It's going to be a good time. Get tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com. Presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. From Bethesda! Are the commanders making a mistake by not considering the star power, the proven veteran head coaches that are available? And I should qualify this by saying it's still possible that they could submit an interview request to Jim Harbaugh. Sure. Bill Belichick, Vrabel, or, or Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, in a cycle where Vrabel, who a lot of people think is a top five, maybe a top ten coach in all of football, is out there. Belichick, who's the greatest of all time, and even if you think he's a disaster from a personnel standpoint, he can still coach. You give him the same 53 players as you give 31 other coaches in this league this past year, he's probably getting top ten results. He can still coach defense. He can still run a building, you'd imagine. And then Harbaugh, who's a better winner than him? Who's proven to be a better program creator and builder than Harbaugh at San Diego, uh, then in the National Football League in San Francisco, and at Stanford, and at Michigan, everywhere he's been, college, D2, D1, pro level, he's won everywhere, just won a national championship. But it doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest. No. I'm not someone that wants any of those three guys, and so I don't necessarily need you to interview any of those three guys. Like, if I'm saying I wouldn't, hire them, then I'm not going to be upset that they're not interviewing them. Although I think you might be able to learn a lot about yourself from talking to those three individuals. But I wonder if I'm in the minority on that. And we can open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines on this. Are you surprised that they're not talking to the big three, we'll call it, in terms of proven winning head coaches? And are they making a mistake if they don't interview any of those three? I think it is a mistake. Not a glaring one, not one that I'm going to pound the table about and get all upset. The analogy I would use is before I met my wife, I was dating a girl for a while, right? We broke up. I met other women and would go on dates with them. Even if I didn't feel like, oh, this is the one. I'm going to marry this person. Was this the girl you gave the weird pendant to? That we broke up. Yes, we did break up. And it wasn't weird. It's the, star, it's the uh, Arwen's Evening Star. It's not important. It was what? the worst gift anyone's ever given. Well, it's given. an outstanding gift that represented my willingness to, sac- willingness to sacrifice my own immortality, uh, as Arwen did for Aragorn. It's a beautiful love story. You should look it up. The point is, we broke up, and I went on dates. Even if I knew, hey, I don't think this is the one, but it's still a valuable experience. You learn about yourself. You learn about who you are, who you want, all those different things. This is similar. This is the opportunity. What, what a, As we're, we're cleaning the slate, why wouldn't you want to hear what Bill Belichick thinks about you. I, now, I have no interest in having him coach here because I don't think he, it would be it would stop at coaching. But how could you not talk to Mike Vrabel? How could you not talk to, to Jim Harbaugh just to see? Maybe he surprises you. Maybe he blows you away. In all likelihood, he probably doesn't. And you know the structure is not one that's going to make sense for you. But to me, this is a, a bit of a missed opportunity here, even if it's just an interview, if you don't really think it's going to happen because you could have your mind changed. I think they want a head coach who can play well with others. 
I'm sure of that, yeah. Belichick doesn't qualify. Harbaugh sure as hell doesn't qualify. <laughs> now, Vrabel might be able to. You know, you can poke a hole in the theory there and say, well, Vrabel's not a, a malcontent. Vrabel's not some guy that's going to you know, give marching orders the day he walks in or fight tooth and nail with an executive for power every day that he's there. And that might be true, but Vrabel is out in Tennessee, at least in part, according to the speculation, the reports, the people that are fairly informed, based on a power struggle with the GM, Rand Carthen. Is that because Vrabel was there first and then the new GM came in and they were trying to get their footing? I'm not really sure. But I guess I would say that his hands are not clean when it comes to just being the head coach and not really wanting a whole lot more say or power. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's unreasonable to expect a head coach who's had a lot of success, like Belichick has, like Harbaugh has, and like Vrabel was on his way to having, to not want more influence and power. Totally. I'm not even saying that those guys shouldn't want that. Maybe five years from now, Mike McDonald or, or Ben Johnson or any of these other candidates might want say in personnel if they've proven it with three division titles and a conference championship win and you know a Super Bowl appearance or something like that. But I think what they'd prefer right now is a really healthy, harmonious, symbiotic relationship in marriage between GM and head coach, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell. And Belichick is crossed off the list if that's your priority. Harbaugh is crossed off the list, so you don't, why bother? If you know that that's what you want, that's the destination, that's the end game, why waste your time? And you could say maybe Vrabel. I also think, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, I think they want a first-time head coach, in my opinion. I think they want someone that maybe that means a little bit less influence and power. It might mean they take orders a little better from a front office structure, um, less demanding of personnel decisions. But I also think, while being moldable, it means you're hungry, maybe young, you're ascending, you're, you're, you got to prove it. There's a value in that. But whether it's a first-time head coach or not, I'm quite sure they want the head coach who plays nice. I think they want someone who's a first-timer. I think they probably want someone who's offensive. That rules out Vrabel. That rules out Belichick. Mm -hmm. But I'd be lying to you if I said I'm that I wasn't surprised that they haven't talked to any of those guys. Like, I would have lost a lot of money. If, if last week you would have told me Belichick, Vrabel, and, and Harbaugh are all going to be floating around doing multiple interviews in this cycle, and the commanders won't interview one of them. Like, you, you, they have interview one, you win the bet. They don't, you lose the bet. You put money down or not. I would have put a lot of money down that they would. Same here. I actually like that they're not, in a way. It tells me that they... Well, they've got a tie. They've got a looking, tie. Yeah. They've got a goal. They know what they're looking for. They know what they're not. Like, let... And also, I kind of like that it's it's anti-Snyder in, uh, which means, like, they're mm. not trying to sell you on Harbaugh or Belichick or Vrabel or have some pass-out-a-folder press conference because we got a superstar. They're looking for the right fit, I think. So I kind of dig it. I, I like that I they have an approach, yeah. I wonder if people do or not. I yeah. wonder if, the, you know, the Commanders fans out there think that this could be a mistake because you know Harbaugh's probably going to win. You know Belichick can and might win again. And Vrabel's a hell of a coach. It's been proven. Like, there's a lot like less guesswork than there would be with Johnson or McDonald. And that's kind of the idea, right? You're looking for this unlimited upside, you know, grand slam home run type play. And it's a different sport. But, look, I think the Capitals have, have fallen into this trap multiple times, right, where they've had this unproven young coach that they thought was going to be the next big thing. And, you know, it's wasted multiple years of what should have been, you know, an extra part of the dynasty. There's a risk to this. All the hot head coaching candidates – 
are just that. They're, they're just, like, just like prospects in sports. They sometimes turn into MVP candidates, but other times they're guys that we say, remember this dude who never really did anything? There's a risk here. So that's why I'm surprised they're not even considering. Do you think the commanders are making a mistake not looking at the star names that are out there, the three most, quote-unquote, proven coaches? Should they be looking more at that big three, yes or no? That is the question on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. We got one more pair of Wizards tickets to give away. We'll do that at 6 o'clock ahead of our conversation with Mark Schlereth tonight. Jay Gruden stops by in about 12 minutes. Are the commanders making a mistake by not interviewing any of the more proven candidates that are out there? The biggest names available to teams in this cycle, Jim Harbaugh, Got to the Super Bowl and his only stop in the NFL in San Francisco. Went back to college and won a national championship game. Bill Belichick, one of the great coaches ever. Mike Vrabel, who I know you think is a top five coach in the league. Mm-hmm. I probably would have had him top 10 in the NFL over the last several years for sure. And these are really good coaches, and yet they're interviewing a lot of unproven guys. McDonald, never been a coach. Johnson, never been a coach. Uh, some of the guys that have that are retreads, like Raheem Morris as an example, very barely has been a coach. It's been a long, long time, but I'm surprised that they're not. I'm totally fine with it. I'm not bothered by it. I want them to go young. Ideally, I'd like a first-timer. I want them to go offensive. Only Harbaugh of those three is. And almost most importantly, I don't want a guy that's going to suck oxygen out of the room. Mm. I want a get-along guy. I want someone who comes in here and helps a GM, doesn't try to dictate to a GM. I, I am so annoyed and over the coach-centric thing that I never want to get close to it again. The farther away they can be, the better. And I think a first-time head coach who's got to call some plays and has some other things to worry about probably gets you there. There And there's a fine line, though, because that guy still has to stand up in front of the team and lead. Sure. Right? So I, I totally understand your point. I've, I've been burned at the same pots and pans that you have. And I'm reticent to touch them. But they've said, I mean, Adam Peters said, now, again, this is, this is podium stuff, so who knows what is real and what's not, just for us to hear versus what's really going on behind the scenes. But if leader of men, if leadership is one of your prerequisites, it's something that you want, those three guys have done that at a pretty high level. And even if you don't want them, still talking to them to find out maybe attributes or qualities. Like, like for example, again, Mike Vrabel. I think he's a star, but whatever. Other other teams don't really seem to at this stage. That's fine. But he had some success. He, he that Those Tennessee teams jumped up and beat people when nobody expected it. He got the best out of Ryan Tannehill. How'd you do that? He was I'd love to hear that. 500 against the spread when he was an underdog. That's unheard of. Yeah. I, I'd like. I'd love to pick his brain and find out what what attributes, what were, even if I don't want him, I'd I'd love to know. I'd love to hear that sort of stuff, right? I know they've got these great consultants and Bob Myers and you know Magic Johnson's in the building and they're they're gonna do fine. They're gonna end up with someone that that we like and there's upside there. It's just really surprising to me that these guys who are trying to be thorough and exhaustive, but quick, you gotta move. I understand that, aren't even considering talking to one of those big three. That that's all. So to be clear, uh just to the, the point I just made, he was five hundred straight up, like wins and losses in games where his team against the spread was an underdog. Again, you don't it's like Tomlin esque. Nobody mm-hmm. else really does that. Right. So I, I don't doubt for a second he's a really good coach. And of the three, if I had to hire one of them, I would hire Vrabel for sure. Me too. I have zero interest in Belichick, as we've talked about. Maybe I'll look silly years from now. 
And while I know I should have interest in Harbaugh, I, I just don't want that act and that hurricane of uh, mad and crazy and, and wacky coming here. So I'm, I'm going in a different direction. But he is the only offensive guy of the three, and my number one preference is offensive. So of those three, I should, I guess, be interested in that regard. Let's go to Dominic, who's in Ohio. Are you surprised, and do you have any issue with them not talking to these big three? No. Uh, also, thanks for taking my call, as always. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, no, I don't have any issue with it, and I'm not all that surprised with it either. And I think it's because, and Grant, I think you alluded to this right when I called in, um, they have this one chance to reset the actual hierarchy in the proper way, and they have to do it right now. And empowering Adam Peters as much as humanly possible to say, you are the top voice in the organization. And if you bring in a Belichick or a Harbaugh, that dude is immediately on equal footing in the eyes of a lot of people within the organization. And the minute there's a disagreement and the coach is just like, oh, well, I don't really disagree. I don't really like this route. It, it undermines the entirety of everything that you're trying to build. And that's why I really think they're going the route that uh, – quite frankly, I want them to go, which is young guy, offensive guy, and, and someone that will kind of toe the company line of, okay, GM is in charge. That is the long-term vision. Then we have maybe a president of football ops. Then we have head coach. This is how the things run, and this is where the hierarchy gets towed, and that's what I think they're trying to do. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Thanks, I appreciate Tom. it. He drove all the way down from Ohio to Virginia to do our fantasy football draft. You had no idea what he looked like because you never know because it's just talking to him. Right, on you phone. just hear and you have this vision in your mind. Dominic in Ohio looks exactly like Jason Momoa, like almost like tatted up. Yeah, like hair much bigger than you think. Long hair, you know what I mean? And it's but it like works for him. It's like usually when a guy has a ponytail, it's like now your features are different. It just doesn't make you look that. Good. It looks great on him that high ponytail. I would want to hear what those guys think about my organization. They probably don't want to be used in that way. I wonder, them not interviewing at all makes me think maybe the league knows more than is out there on Ben Johnson or one of these guys going to Washington, right? I well, mean, that's the other side of it. I, I, I think they already know who they want. Well, I've thought that for two weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. But if you're Harbaugh, Belichick, or Vrabel, how do we know? I guess it hasn't been reported, but they might want to do an interview with you, and you could go, that one feels cursory. That, that one's just them trying to tap into my knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Am I really going to get that job? Yeah, maybe you could smell not. a rat. I, and, and, and people know, right? The agents know the, you know, the, the, what, what guys are looking for. The word is already out there, right? The people have been talking the way everybody talks at every job, right? Where, where, you know, yeah, there's going to be this round of cuts or we know that this is going to happen here. I mean, it, that's sort of a normal thing. And in this good old boys network where everyone's shuffling every handful of years, you know, who's in and who's out on you. I just think, it, this is such a good opportunity. As again, we're starting fresh, and if you say you want this culture change, you want leaders of men. You've got three pretty proven guys. Even if your intention ultimately isn't, so you wouldn't just say, "I want to talk to all three veteran coaches." Then it becomes a little bit more transparent that all you're trying to do is information gather. But if you kind of went out of your way, for example, and said, "We want to talk to to, to Mike Vrabel. We're really interested in you for for coming in here. This is a good enough job where I think he would probably do that. It would be a little bit strange if this process ends and they didn't talk to Vrabel. I will have zero problem with it. He's not high on my list Mm -hmm. of kind of what I'm looking for. I've got a type like they do, and I think their type might be the same as mine. (laughs) But I I can still admit that's weird that Mike Vrabel became available when you had a head coach opening and you didn't talk to him. Grant and Danny on the fan, one of the guys they did hire in this organization in the past, Jay Gruden, is going to join us next. Got a lot to ask him about. He's been mixing it up on social media. Plus, we can ask him this question. Is he surprised they're not talking to Belichick 
or Harbaugh? Should they be? We're Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 